This podcast is brought to you by HealthCareInfoSecurity.com, the leading online publication for risk management and security professionals within the healthcare industry. This is Howard Anderson, Managing Editor at Information Security Media Group. We're talking today with Dr. Bill Bria, Chief Medical Informatics Officer at Shriners Hospitals. Thanks so much for joining us today, Dr. Bria. My pleasure. Thank you, Howard. For starters, why don't you tell us just a little bit about your organization's size and scope and your role there? Shriners Hospitals for Children is a system that has uh, been created as a result of the fraternity, the Shriners Fraternity uh, International, that had the vision of really providing care for children regardless of ability to pay. It originated in the polio era, as the first name for the system was Shriners Hospitals for Crippled Children. But as the polio epidemic was conquered, the Shriners uh, continued the same notion in pediatric orthopedics and more recently for uh, burn patients, pediatric burn patients, severe burns, and uh, now uh, in a few of our hospitals, oral maxillofacial repair. These are all uh, modest-sized hospitals, large outpatient activities, and significant amount of outreach uh, that's done both in traditional ways and in telemedicine. And uh, again, it is all forwarding the uh, mission for the Shrine Fraternity of uh, Caring for Children. The vision of the fraternity uh, has been extraordinary in that about eight, uh, maybe nine years ago now, they uh, decided to, for all 22 hospitals, which stretch from Springfield, Massachusetts, to Honolulu, Hawaii, from uh, Montreal, Canada, down to Mexico City, Mexico, to implement an electronic medical record environment and to uh, serve it all out of a centralized data environment. That system is the Cerner Millennium System, and it is all served, all hospitals are served out of uh, Tampa, Florida. I, uh, I had the privilege of joining the organization uh, now a little over five years ago. At that time, the system was not billing. One of the reasons for my interest in the system was that the uh, selection of an electronic medical record system and implementation of CPOE was done totally divorced from the business aspect, billing of healthcare at that time, and therefore uh, opportunities for clinical decision support and to see how the evolution uh, can occur in a totally non-remuneration-based uh, environment and uh, how that leveraged focusing on the care uh, rather than other aspects uh, of the business of healthcare as we all know it today. And as CMIO, what are your major responsibilities then? Major responsibilities is really the bridge of the domain of medical knowledge, improvement in safety and quality of care, and delivery of uh, our best experience from the Shrine, by the way, has self-funded, although it has a number of of, uh, researchers with grants from NIH and and other uh, major sources, its own research. So to use our research inputs, our clinical experience inputs, for the configuration, design, and most important, uh, data environment, the measurement, and uh, an improvement in the safety and quality of the care, in again, in service of the fundamental mission of the system. I'm the first individual to be in uh, the role with this report. The report is to the chief medical officer, Dr. Peter Armstrong. I have uh, staff, uh, pharmacy informatics, uh, nursing informatics, and our our number one activities right now really is in the accommodation of the change of what we're calling revenue cycle, the, the retrofitting in our environment of all of the aspects and dimensions of uh, billing. And we still are continuing 
the uh, implementation and uh, configuration of clinical decision support tools and systems. Okay, we want to chat with you today a little bit about your organization's uh, information security priorities for the year ahead in light of the EHR and uh, revenue cycle projects that you described. First, is your organization plan to add any staff devoted to handling information security issues at its individual hospitals or headquarters next year, and how do you handle those duties now? There is uh, within uh, information technology a section, which is headed by the CIO, Mr. Gene DeMore, there is a, a section of data security. I chair the security committee, and we are a multidisciplinary group of uh, regulatory, uh, legal, risk management, uh, as well as clinical NIS groups. We meet twice a month. We've had some recent additions to the toolkit, if you will, of security for our system in the last two years. I'd love to say we knew exactly what was going to happen uh, in the system, but but it, it's serving us very well now in uh, how our system is changing with the revenue cycle activities going forward. So do you have a chief information security officer now, or do you plan to add one at the headquarters? We do not, and there is no immediate plan to do that, although uh, with the uh, introduction of billing, the idea of uh, and it, I think it's I think it's rather hard for people to say, well, what do you mean, Bill? You know, I, no, I, I really mean we didn't bill anyone. If you were a millionaire or a pauper until July, we took care of everything. And now, of course, we're uh, changing massively to uh, to become uh, to, to institute that infrastructure that uh, is really part of the the core of every other health system in the country. So at this moment, a new chief security officer is not on the books. Do I believe that for those reasons that we've added this new compliance and billing infrastructure to the system, whether there will be increased focus on that in in a different direction than in the past, I, I really believe that will be the case. Although there aren't plans immediately for that since we're so focused on, on the basics of the revenue cycle. All right. So do you have a feel for what percentage of your IT budget is will be devoted to information security next year? And is that growing? And what are some of the top spending priorities? It is uh, it's stable. Our top priorities have been both the creation and the implementation of a secure messaging environment. We picked a commercial product to do this. And again, I need to explain that uh, because we are so specialized in pediatric orthopedics and burns, that we have a large number of patients that come from significant distance to our hospitals. Uh, And uh, since we are Shriners Hospitals for Children of North America, we have a substantial population of patients from above and below the border. So the need for secure messaging for really continuity of care has been recognized for a long time, has been dealt with uh, until about a year and a half ago in the traditional manner, but what we've acquired is a secure patient messaging uh, environment that uh, interfaces quite nicely and smoothly with our existing information tools. Are there other security technologies you anticipate rolling out in the next year or two? One of the things that we have, we've used modestly, but we expect to use a lot more in the next year uh, or two, is uh, our remote access to our electronic health records. We have both a token, a two-factor authentication environment now, but uh, increasing the adoption 
and effective use of it because, no surprise, uh, the idea of the compliance environment uh, with a billing world is uh, rather different than uh, the approach that is purely clinical in nature. If a uh, document isn't signed in a very timely manner, the idea of charges not dropped in time according to billing uh, requirements rather than care alone now has become preeminent in uh, our, our administration's mind, as it should be. And so the notion of getting uh, all of that available to our clinicians so that charts are signed on time, orders are done uh, not by verbal or uh, written, uh, but are done electronically, uh, wherever the physician may be, uh, that's all now uh, become much more important, although we had uh, that capability going back uh, over four years now. Given your change in, in billing for services, will you be applying to get reimbursement from Medicare or Medicaid? And in light of that, might you be applying for incentives under the Tech Act for using electronic health records? We absolutely plan to be because our adoption of a CPOE is greater than 80% in, uh, in our current environment. We are definitely thinking that one of the largest hurdles uh, that most organizations are facing with regards to even the 30% compliance for phase one and meaningful use is something we can meet very easily. Other aspects, which include the decision support uh, and uh, quality safety uh, elements, the uh, menu uh, selection list, we also believe that certainly in phase one and we believe in phase two uh, will be uh, rather straightforward for us to deal with. Where we see challenges is in, in a number of the connections with uh, uh, the local environments, as I've already mentioned to you. Our hospital system, because of, the again, the particular focus that it's taken, are much less community-based than they are national, all of them, all of the hospitals. So it wasn't even a question yesterday of uh, healthcare information exchanges and um, and a uh, uh, although we have been participants for years in the pl- program uh, through the American College of Pediatrics in the, the medical home projects, that has been uh, a, a uh, small percentage of our hospital environments, usually uh, our hospitals that are near major metro areas. But now that's going to be vastly more important for a number of reasons, not the least of which is uh, expectations of uh, CMS. Well, in light of your plans to eventually apply for the high-tech Act incentives, how would that affect your um, information security plans, if at all? I mean, are you planning to update your risk assessment, for example? We have a regular review process because we do have a dedicated team within IS uh, for the technology aspects of uh, our information environment. But the Shrine Fraternity has been very insistent on uh, the, uh, the patient confidentiality and safety standards way above uh, what was absolutely required, although we were all, all of our hospitals are Joint Commission reviewed and approved since there was a Joint Commission uh, to, uh, to do that review. But the idea now that there is going to be uh, third-party pay, that there are additional requirements and, and review that will occur in our system has raised that whole other uh, aspect of uh, kind of stepping up uh, even further, the uh, external review and an assurance that we're, uh, we're in fact protecting the stream of patient information from beginning to end. In your role as chair of the security committee, I'm curious mm-hmm. what you see as the most important trends in healthcare information privacy and security overall uh, next year and beyond, and 
how you expect those trends to affect your job over the long haul. I think one of our biggest challenges, again, for, because of the history and structure of our, uh, of our services, is uh, international. The services provided uh, throughout um, Latin America, throughout Canada, uh, and uh, which have extended in the past uh, everywhere from Cyprus over to Guam in our system create rather interesting challenges with regards to communications, patient information uh, uh, protection, confidentiality, networking with other medical sources being provided to those, uh, to those locations. I think we're going to truly become international uh, in scope with regards to our security environments in ways that prior to this, I think we, we were perhaps relying on um, the fact that we were a pure charity uh, healthcare system and that, um, and that, of course, we always uh, uh, did everything we thought was right and proper and regulatory compliant with regards to PHI. But I think the idea of communicating with other medical entities that extend the care of the children that we see, I think there's going to need to be a lot more bridge building there and, uh, and uh, ability of information and data interchange uh, than we have focused on in the past. Well, thanks, Dr. Bria. We've been speaking with Dr. Bill Bria of Shriners Hospitals. This is Howard Anderson. Thanks so very much for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by HealthCareInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.HealthCareInfoSecurity.com.